And now it's time to sit back and enjoy the two true freaks internet radio broadcast. Two thousand eight, the prequel trilogy is over, and millions of fans are left without Star Wars. Enter a brave group of Jedi led by Dave Filoni, who brought tales of the Jedi, clone armies, and Mandalorians to Cartoon Network, thus keeping hope alive in the galaxy. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi! Hi everyone! Welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of... Star Wars The Clone Wars! Ah, yes! In this episode, Captain Rex and the Bad Batch must infiltrate an enemy base on a Naxus. There will be... With almost 100 episodes under our belt since the last time we talked about this, we're back with The Clone Wars Season 7, baby! This is where it all started for us. We're talking The Bad Batch this week. How you doing, Chris? We knew this was coming, but boy, I love it. Uh, I love I, it. We need some kind of like music that's just like, and we're back, back again. Like some kind of like, we're back. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a Google search on that and see what I come up with. I'll, I mean, I'll, honestly, I'll... you'll probably get like Eminem, like, Shorty's back. <laughs> You're going to get like the theme to Welcome Back Cotter or something. <laughs> Though this was... So actually, this was really funny. Um, what I did was I pulled up our last like Clone Wars episode, like, and this was like before we did like the wrap ups and all the in between stories and stuff before we did all those. So this was actually originally from the Outline Sacrifice, which was the last Yoda episode of season six, and it was just this was just a funny note. Um, that was episode 140 for us, and it has a note that said. Star Wars Star Wars Resistance aired last night. Let's talk spoiler free about the first episode's thoughts. That's how long it is since it's been. We we wow. finished the last episode of season six of Clone Wars the day after Star Wars Resistance aired. And then there was a series of episodes after that of me trying to squash hope about <laughs> talking about resistance. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's uh, move on. But I <laughs> I just thought that was funny. So episode one, yeah. four, we're on episode two thirty-five and episode one forty. So ninety-five episodes later, we're back with Clone Wars. We just, we just at the end of Rebels, we hopped into World Between Worlds, and now we're back at Clone Wars, just like nothing happened. I know, I know. It's oh, so good. I'm so excited. Oh, you doing all right? I made a cat fort today. Did you? Yeah. So, did you um, now? I did. So I just, I've had this old mattress forever. Um, and this weekend I'm doing Force Fest, which by the time this episode will come out, will already be past Force Fest. So, you know, I'll, I'll post like links or something. We actually might have an episode about it because my understanding is I should be getting the audio from it. So 
We might actually make an episode of that, but we'll see. Anyway, long story short, um, I've had this mattress in my room against the wall forever, and it's the mattress I've had since middle school. But I, before I got rid of it, um, when I was getting ready to get rid of it, Corona happened. And so they weren't picking up like really super big stuff, and then I just kind of, it lived there for six months against the wall. So finally I was just moving it out so it wouldn't be in the background during Force Fest. And then so it's laying in our floor out in our living room and I decided to put sheets on it and then I took one of the sheets and like boxes and like the cat tree and all sorts of stuff and I made a cat fort and my cats have been going crazy all day like running under it and pouncing each other through the sheets and chasing each other like I made a cat fort. And then when they get tired they'll just sit under it. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Spokes definitely took a very long nap this afternoon under the cat fort. Yeah. So, that was my day. I made a kitty fort, and then did Bad Batch notes all day. <laughs> so that was my day. How are you? Good. I've been organizing my milk crates and my. Uh, I've been working a lot, dodging, dodging people who want to destroy me, setting up my milk crate fort and my my person milk crate fort in my garage. So normal Chris Honeywell, you know, people... Yeah, just a normal week. I've been finding all sorts of cool stuff in my garage that I forgot that I that I uh, got over, you know, the course of garage sailing. And uh, I, have a, I have one box that's just... I'm putting all the Star Wars stuff in it as I find it. I found a, a Star Wars Simon game today. Oh, cool! Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. And I found a, I found a little, uh, like probably it was either Burger King or McDonald's Happy Meal Palpatine little, you know, like tiny sort of cute Palpatine figure. Yeah, that's kind of me. I'm actually uh, looking back at my stuff because I'm I'm organizing all my Star Wars stuff to put on the home office that I'm building. Um, that sounds so professional. I'm like, I can't believe I'm an adult or whatever. Um. And I found a bunch of Star Wars trade paperbacks that I remembered that I had bought when my brick-and-mortar comic book store was closing down. Um, and then I forgot I had them, so I was like, oh, yeah, I do own these books. Cool. <laughs> Where did you come from? That's so, always that's always a nice feeling. I know. You know what's also a nice feeling? Talk Clone Wars? Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you want to get into it? Oh, yeah, I do, as a matter of fact. Yeah! (laughs) All right. A lot of background info on this one, you guys. Here we go. The Bad Batch is technically the 122nd episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. The crisis on Utapau story reels take place canonically before these episodes, and they count as episodes, too. Those are on StarWars.com, but for our podcast, to keep things simple going forward, I'm going to be continuing our counting where we last led off. So if it doesn't match up anywhere else, like online and stuff, don't come yelling at us. We have an answer. It aired on February 21st, 2020 on Disney+. The arc had aired on StarWars.com as unfinished story reels. This is important to note because there are changes in the arc that differ from the story reels to the final product. It was written by Brent Friedman and Matt Michnovitz and directed by Kyle Dunleavy. They were the original writers and directors also for the original story reels, just FYI. 
some extra information for you. It was announced on April 14th, 2019 at Celebration Chicago that Clone Wars Season 7 would air on Disney Plus and would finish out the series. We react and talk about that in our J-Guys episode number 129. So if you want more details about that, we went into a lot of details. Look up J-Guys 129 if you want to hear all of that. The Bad Batch are all voiced by D. Bradley Baker, who has voiced all the clones in the series. The idea for The Bad Batch came from Star Wars creator George Lucas, who wanted to explore that there were clones that were a little bit more unique from one another and who were like an enhanced skilled special forces unit. While the arc began production in 2012, the arc began production in 2012. The episodes were fully scripted, voiced, and animated to the story reel stage. But when this uh, series was canceled on Cartoon Network in 2013, but the series was canceled by Cartoon Network in 2013 following the Disney acquisition of Lucasfilms. The Bad Batch arc now being part of the final season of Clone Wars, there are minor changes in the arc as a whole that differ from the previously released story reels. The plot is the same, but most of the changes focus on character interactions to help wrap up stories for characters like Rex. Even though the character models have been finalized back in 2011, the crew reassessed the Bad Batch character models when they were finishing the series for Disney+. They decided that all the members were too different from the original clones, so they redid all the Bad Batch, the Bad Batch's heads based on uh, Rex's character model to make them more connected to their brothers. All of the members of the Bad Batch has Rex's eyes. Ew. They have his eyes. I have your eyes. That's the Jedi version of I got your nose. (laughs) Speaking of eyeballs... The crews also took their lessons from Star Wars Rebels and Resistance and updated every hero character with similar eyes that they used for the other two series. This was a minor way to streamline all three series together. Clone Force 99 gets their Bad Batch nickname from the Clone 99 from the Camino arc. 99 sacrifice to save their home, save the home of the clones inspired many clones that had been created after his death. Fort Anaxis shows up for the first time in Star Wars Rebels, even though it was a Legends planet first. Um, It showed up in the Star Wars Rebels episode, Out of Darkness and Gathering Forces. And Gathering Forces has one of the hottest moments of my grande boyfriend. Oh my god. In Clone Wars, the planet is still completely intact. But somewhere between the timelines of Clone Wars and Rebels, the system suffered a cataclysmic event to make the skies fill with asteroids and now the base rests on a planetoid in the Rebels canon. We also see a fear knock in the background on a Naxus, which also appears in the two Star Wars Rebels episodes. Mace Windu underwent a character model update to closer match his design with Samuel L. Jackson in Episode 3. And I also have to note this because I thought it was funny. StarWars.com was like, And for the first time, Mace Windu has eyelashes! Ooh, blinky blinky. Ah, I was like, this... StarWars.com, you note the funniest things. Also, Anakin and Obi-Wan's models were updated uh, this season to match their Episode 3 personas as well. And this episode introduces a new version of the Clone Wars logo, which remains for the rest of the series, placing the Star Wars on one line rather than being separated by the Clone Wars. Oh, do you hear that music, Chris? 
Here he comes. Oh my god, he's coming! Marching in, finally, after he's all coming. these years. You triumphant. know him! You love him! He's our third podcaster, Mr. Yoda! Oh, he's got his little piece of paper in his hand. It's just like the old days. <laughs> Actually, hold up, Chris. We might have oh. got... Wait, wait, time out. Sorry, Yoda. We might have new listeners. Um, for... Since we... In case we picked up new listeners during Rebels and you haven't listened to our Clone Wars episodes yet, this was our original Yoda bit that you're about to experience. And we're bitch. so excited about it. Mm. Yoda is a bitch. No, you're not. You're the best. I'm so Yoda is part you. of the show. Yoda, Third you don't host understand. No, mm-hmm. Yoda, you don't understand. When this first episode aired, the first thing I did was write Chris and went, we have platitudes for Yoda. Mm. Yoda gets to do his bit. Mm. No. Okay. This is one of the best parts of the show. You're the star. Mm. You're the bit. Mm. Yes. You're... Luminous being, am I? Mm. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Here we go. Embrace others for their differences, for that makes you whole. In bad! Yeah! <laughs> uh, thanks, Yoda. Oh. <laughs> Wait. What? There is another what? platitude. What? Another platitude? Really? Yes. The best defense mm, is a strong offense. Mm, in bed! <laughs> wow, there he goes. Oh, I missed that. That felt good. Oh, it's short and sweet. I love it. Oh, I felt so good. Oh, I missed that. So, Big bang, zim, zoom, he's gone. None of this, uh... None of this weird, like, grabbing onto your legs or... We didn't even need spray bottles. No. (laughs) So exciting. So, listeners, uh, well, first, if you're new, our original Yoda bit was reading the platitudes from the beginning of the episodes and adding in bed at the end of it. And for the Bad Batch arc, there are actually two platitudes for every episode. Ones were from the original story reels, and the other ones are the new platitudes for Disney+. Plus. So, yes, for the next... This and the next three episodes, you're going to get two platitudes. Double dose of Yoda. I mean, honestly, like, I wasn't lying. Like, when this episode first aired, like, I was, like, three seconds and I No, it was you. You wrote me. You wrote yeah. me and you were like, platitudes! Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> I was, you know, I don't know. Why, I don't know why I was surprised. I wasn't really surprised. It just felt so good. <laughs> really I missed it. him so much, you know. It, it felt like coming home. Like when I saw that first platitude come it up, did. it felt like, like coming home. Yeah, like like Chewie, we're home with Clone Wars. Like it. When I saw that platitude come up, I was just like, ah! and then and you get Tom Kane's voice. Yes, over. let it begin. Let the uh, peace begin. Like it set. It, it felt like. It, it felt like so, like it was just picking up where it all left off. But it if he said the word deception, I probably would have just lost my shit and my 
blown blood vessels. Or something like if Tom Kim was like, betrayal! Betrayal across the galaxy! <laughs> just all the, all the blood vessels on my forehead would just burst with joy. <laughs> I'd go running downstairs with a bloody head. He just said betrayal! <laughs> he, said, he said the thing! And Tom Kim's yelling at me again! And I love it! <laughs> General Grievous has taken <laughs> over Fort Anaxis. <laughs> but he has been betrayed by uh, what's what's the Spider-Man? <laughs> I forgot his name. What is his name? Admiral Trench. <laughs> Cyber Spider Guy. I wrote him act and do you know how good it was? Well, we're about to get into it, but being able to use like the old nicknames again. The old nicknames. And there's a new nickname because since we last did Rebels, I have a nickname for Anakin that I didn't have when we oh, were doing it before. So. Excellent. Are you ready to get into this? I am. Act one? Ooh, act one. We open. <coughs> Excuse me. We open. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, Hope. Let it go. Bringing it up back strong. Yeah, sorry. No, like I inhaled and I choked on like the tiniest bit of spit right when I started talking. Excellent. Uh, okay, I was just <laughs> Please leave that in there. I know you will. We open once again with platitudes and Tom Kane yelling at us about war. And it's good to be back with the Clone Wars. So... Toast Daddy, Anakin Skywalker, and Wet Blanket Windu have been fighting over a Nexus for, like, weeks or something. But but Admiral Trench, who went from terrifying Spider-Man to now Cyborg Spider-Man, is really kicking their asses, and they're very close to losing a Nexus. Anakin and Windu are looking over their Doom battle plans when Captain Rex and Commander Cody stroll up. And they have some concerns... They've been fighting the Clone Wars for like two to three years-ish now, and Rex believes that the Separatist droids are using analytics to learn their strategies, finally, and can counteract them. And Anakin's like, well, that sucks, because I already lost Ahsoka, and I don't want to lose, I don't want to sideline you too, Rex, but if they are guessing your tactics, we can't have you fight all the time, Rex. Oh my god, I can't keep losing all my friends. And Cody wants to take Rex and some elite clones that he had a beer with one time and go behind enemy lines. There's an information cyber center post thingy where they might get answers about why the Separatists know all their strategies. Windu gives them the wet blanket seal of approval and sends them on their way. But Anakin is suspicious. Before the mission, Rex is in his bunker looking at a photo of him, Echo, and Fives who is the greatest hero of Clone Wars. More on that in Siege of Mandalore. Rex is all sad because so many of his brothers have died over the war, and Cody thinks he's talking about survivor's guilt, but Rex has other concerns. The Separatists are using tactics that Rex created with Echo, and he thinks that that sweet baby boy, that honey bun who loved to read all the technical manuals, that he thinks that Echo is alive and Echo is the sweetest. And Cody is like, um, we definitely saw Echo blow up back in the Citadel episodes, Rex. 
But Rex is like, well, yeah, but they brought back Darth Maul in season three or four. What if they brought back Echo too? And Cody is like, yeah, but Darth Maul was a fan favorite character in the movies. Echo wasn't. I think that's a lot to ask for, buddy. And Cody understands that Rex wants to save Echo, but it's probably misplaced hope. And Rex is like, hope is the fame of Star Wars. What the fuck? Anyway, it's so highly unlikely that Echo is actually alive. So Rex puts away his Polaroids and they head out for their mission. And they go outside with Jesse and Kix. Jesse is now an ARC trooper because Fives is dead, so he got Fives' spot. So congratulations on the promotion, Jesse! And Kix is now sporting his sequel trilogy look because a friendly reminder, in a few weeks, Kix gets captured by Count Dooku, is frozen, flies around the galaxy for like 30 years, and then is found in the sequel trilogy by the Crimson Corsair himself, Captain Athano. And I'm super salty that Athano was in Star Wars Resistance, and we didn't at least get to see Rex in the background. What the actual fuck, animators? Anyway. <laughs> you mean Kix. You said Rex. You still got Rex in the brain. We didn't see Kix in the background of Star yeah. Wars Resistance. What the actual fuck, animators? Anyway, thank you for correcting me. Uh, they're all. I just know you're back in Rexland. Well, not that we ever left Rexland, but now we're in old school Rexland. You know, yeah, old, I mean. Young Baldy Rexland. You're one to talk, Grunkle Rex. <laughs> <laughs> See, Hope makes Chris watch cartoons podcasts for more of Chris saying Grunkle Rex instead of Grunkle Stan. <laughs> but I'll also blame Hope because it's her fault, too. For oh, most. totally blame Hope. 100% it's my blame fault. Hope on that. <laughs> I, Anyways, I only had up. like two, two and a half years of hearing Grunkle Rex before I had to reprocess it into Grunkle Stan. <laughs> anyway, they all head outside to meet this mysterious clone force. And the Bad Batch must have gone to the Anakin Skywalker School of Flying because they all, but they all but crash land. Kicking open the door, out strolls Rambo Fan Hunter, Geek Enthusiast Tech, Edgelord Crosshair. And lovable bear man wrecker. And they're all ready to party! And Jesse and Kix are all like, um, are we sure about these guys? But Cody is like, Hunter, my buddy! And Hunter is like, hey, I don't have a personality, but I have a headband! Good to see you, Cody! And each of the Bad Batch get their own little intro. And Cody shoves everybody on a ship, and they head out on their mission. What'd you think of that one? <laughs> Yeah, actually, can I just say, uh, I, when I pulled up the last episodes of Clone Wars that we did, uh, Sacrifice, um, I still did this, but it was, like, three times shorter. <laughs> I have apparently learned to flourish since the last time we did Clone Wars. Because <laughs> the notes were only, like, five pages, but it's a major Yoda arc, and it was still only five pages. So I've learned to flourish these up a bit. What'd you think of Act One? I liked it. it. It's funny though because usually people get more succinct over time. You know what I mean? They, they it seems like you would you would be, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're just like I just I gotta put more fun into it. I don't know. I yeah, and there's like little things like when we last did clone wars i don't think oh no we did know that kicks was going off into the sequel trilogy by that time oh, yeah. but 
Yeah, we yeah. didn't know whether or not he was going to be in resistance. <laughs> so I can now add my saltiness that he wasn't in resistance. What the actual fuck? But you bring in Crimson Corsair? What up? Why not put at least kicks in the window going, hi, and kicks. Have a clone in all three seasons. All three series. Come on. It's right there. Anyway. So, I, you know, it looks beautiful. You know, that's the first thing I'm doing is like, how are they going to do this? And the that that opening, you know, after the montage with the narrator, the opening scene of just sort of swooping into the base They're you know, their base on an axis and you're following, you know, like a little transport thing that's hauling like a couple boxes or something. But it's just everything's whipping along. It's not like relaxed scene at a base everybody's on high alert and it's just sort of like a disturbed anthill and uh the i mean there's just no way that you're not going to have the animation go forward because that's always what would happen with clone wars they never like they always kept the same general look so that's what they did with this they up the you know the animation is state of the art but they still kept the movements of the clones and the, and, you know, and it was great to see because I've gotten used to rebels over the, you know, between when clone wars has ended and, you know, I've watched rebels and then rewatched it. Now seeing the clone wars format so seamlessly come back was just really cool. You can definitely tell like, um, when, when I read that note about how they changed all the heroes' eyes to match the eyes of the heroes in Rebels and Resistance, I started thinking about that. And, and we had talked about that, not all the time, but here and there in Rebels, about how much people's eyes tell the story. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see Kanan and Hera have entire silent conversations just with their eyes. Um, and Resistance does that, too. Like, Kaz is very animated with his eyes. And, I, like, once I read that note, I was kind of paying attention to it in this episode. And that's actually my very, like, first note. Because I noticed this the first time I watched it, but I really super noticed it this time. Is Anakin barely speaks in this opening scene. But yeah. you can tell by his eyes that he's feeling Rex out with the Force. Rex is deliberately not looking at him, knowing exactly what he's doing. And he... To the point where Anakin's like, are you sure you're okay? And they have, like, an entire silent non-conversation that's non-verbal, but yes. just from their eyes. And I was like, yeah, like, they did, they took a lot of their eye acting from the other two shows and now and the, put it back into this. And this is, and what's great about it is it's right out of the bat in this episode. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, like, you would, like, usually they would be like, well, let's establish a little more exposition between everybody but everybody knows that everybody's watching season seven of clone wars is up on it so like yeah it's just it's nice it adds they i mean in clone wars they were doing a lot of things with facial expressions and nonverbal stuff but it's just come so much in 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 the you know the intervening years that and some of it has been technology like those early yeah, oh, yeah. seasons of of, type of, of Clone Wars, like, they could only, they did as much as they possibly could, but, you know, you have an episode like The Deserter, and the first time Jesse takes off his helmet, his head is, like, barely not square, like, his jaw is almost very square, but you see Jesse in this one, and he's gorgeous, um, I will for, I'll just let you guys know the next 12 episodes, I'm crying over Jesse, <laughs> that's happening, um, but, like, he looks gorgeous compared to, like, his first appearance, and same thing with Kix, Kix's first appearance was also The Deserter, 
And just seeing them now in this, like, they just look so amazing. <laughs> That's actually yeah. my first note, is big letters that say, it's so pretty. <laughs> yeah, and they have this, you know, you just have this. And it's such a wonderful scene because this is when Anakin's starting to break, break you know. This is when Anakin's starting to, like, be like, Jesus Christ, I can't trust anything anybody you know is everybody lying to me is everybody (laughs) lying to me is everybody going to hell you know and so it's just done silently and it's really an ominous um just sort of little interlude as to the tone of where this whole thing's going you know i just like the whole and it could just like i can't (laughs) <laughs> and, this, and, and, and this season is not Anakin's story, you know. Anakin's Anakin's role in this is in episode three. You have to watch episode three to get the Anakin adventures because this actually caught up to the movie. I have that note too. <laughs> but um, this is where this is where I and 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 mind you, these aren't big problems, but these this is where my problems with the episode come in in this, and that's the bad batch. It's not that I don't like them, but they're like, and we'll, and 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 you know, we'll see if this changes from as we get to know them because this is a very Clone Wars thing where a lot of times I wouldn't like a character at the beginning or I wouldn't like things about her. I'd be like, this is kind of cheesy, and then they would make it work. So, but that's how I was feeling about um, the Bad Batch in this episode, and I felt that way. In, in the first time I watched it, and then I and uh, spoiler I uh, I warm up to him, but and so I was like, oh, I wonder how I'm gonna feel about it watching it a second time. But I still their their character designs are so like you know Hunter with a, you know they're 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 almost like something people would design for action figures <laughs> and. They're they're almost too you know the sharpshooter's got a target on his eye and you know the 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 nerd is the is the the tech guy and he's skinny and and gang gangly looking you From know behind the, I will say because I noticed this later on um I was watching Tech Walk and it doesn't look like it from the front but when you're looking at him behind he looks like he's wearing UGG boots. <laughs> Oh, jeez. That's no good. From the behind, they look like Ugg boots, but from the front, they look like normal, like normal Clone Wars. <laughs> but I just thought they were they were almost like G.I. Joe characters. And, you know, the like, I think there's a comic book character who has like the crosshairs on his eyes, too. You, you know, they were they were very like just sort of G.I. Joe action figure characters. And then their personalities match their. You know, I mean, there's there's like you don't want to make them hideous mutations because that then that starts to become kind of politically incorrect and kind of creepy, you know, like their, defo- you know, deformities or something. But it's just it's it's weird. It's almost like they, they're they're like um, and I'm sure they probably weren't thinking about this during Clone Wars, but now we know there's a bad batch. I, I've been waiting to say that. I, I actually, I, I, I think you're wrong. I think they knew that because obviously they, they had to, to have that. the show in the works. It feels like that. It feels like that with the and and actually you're actually that's right. You said they redesigned them for this. 
So like, I just thought they were they were a little bit trite. Although I didn't mind like before, I was like, I don't like how they come barreling in and are jerks to the clones. Didn't bother me this time. For I, I actually like that. I have a note about that. Because I ended up I I end up liking the, the this this crew of characters. So now I, I'm not mad at them when they just come yeah. in for a crash landing and they're kind of jerky. It's like, okay, I'm not, so, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not at the point of like, woo, it's them, but uh, I'll get there so, someday in the further episodes. What other notes did I have? Oh, the, well, can, the can dark- I talk about the bad ratch too? Like I, I've had notes for everything you've been saying. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Um, so let me go back. I'm going to go back to one of your earlier points and then come back to the bad batch. Um, you were talking about how this is an Anakin season. I think I think that's actually one of the smartest things that they did in this show. Yeah. Because really there are three main characters of Clone Wars. It's Anakin, Rex, and Ahsoka. Everybody else are supporting movie characters, even Obi-Wan. Like they're all supporting their three stories. And we have Anakin stories. The last yeah, six it's... seasons has been Anakin's story. But now it's time to emotionally and narratively wrap up Rex and Ahsoka, which is why this first arc is Rex's arc, the next arc is Ahsoka's arc, and the third arc is the two of them together. Because okay. we know Anakin's story. He gets a whole fucking movie called Episode 3 um, okay. about to finish up his story. And, of course, we right. see him, spoiler, at the end of the series. Um, so I thought that was one of the smartest things they did was yeah. make this entire se- season focus on Rex, then Ahsoka, and the two of them together. That was and, such a smart move. To, like, and the way they it, use Anakin and just little tastes here and there, but when they do use Anakin... It's good. Oh, it's good, and it matches up with episode three. But, like, I, I, I just if people are just watching this along with us or or are watching it for the first time just pay attention as this thing goes on especially in the last four episodes of just how skillfully they run this alongside episode three is almost like could be a complimentary four episode you know i don't know how long people episodes have they made probably fan cut it into four episodes. people have made fan videos meshing this season with episode three. Oh yeah it's, yeah it's you, you totally could and they they thought about that and it hooks into episode three and it hooks into all the 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 moods of episode three just incredibly incredibly skillfully Though that's that's a really good point that you just made that we probably should have said this at the top of the show. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, we talk about these series as people who have already seen the show. So we're looking at this from the point of view of how does this affect the season later? And we do talk about spoilers. So very late spoiler warning. Yeah. Um, but um, now not to go back to what you were saying about the Bad Batch. Um, I actually really like their intro. Um I don't mind that this was a. I, I felt this way when I was first introduced to them, and I felt I still feel this way now, even though knowing that we have a series coming with them, um, because they don't get a lot of time. So they get four episodes to make their mark. So they really have to do visual storytelling as well as really quick short intros to if if we actually had to like take the time to get to know each of them and stuff like that, then that would have been like an episode of its own. But it's like. Here's your basic archetypes. You know everything you need to know about them just by looking at them and what they do in this first 30 seconds. You know who they are as people. Let's go on with the story. Oh, yeah. No, 
Which no, is totally. really smart of them because, I mean, when, when this arc was originally made, this was supposed to be, I think, the end of season six, actually. And they were supposed to get a whole nother arc in what would have been season seven. So they were supposed to have even more episodes with them. So I'm not actually surprised that they're getting a sequel series called The Bad Batch coming because they already had plans to use these guys in other places. So, um, but for this right here, like, I think this is a great introduction. You look at them, you know who they are. They give their each little opening things. You're the nerd, you're the sniper guy, you're the wrecker guy, and Hunter has zero personality, but he has a headband. <laughs> Hunter's the one I have the most problem with because... You need a normal kind of straight guy because the other three are so over the top that you need that kind of like normal guy to hold them all together um, to balance off their he's weirdness. A little, he's too he normal. Also, he looks like he's in a cowboy movie. Yeah. He could like, be, you could almost take him and put him in a cowboy movie, you know? But, His but head anyway. Is he's almost too normal to the point where the others are so outlandish that he just kind of gets left behind. So mm-hmm. that, that's actually one thing I really hope when we get the Bad Batch sequel series is we get to know more about Hunter because I know who the other three are. I get them. I get their characters. I get who they are and what they could possibly do with their stories. But Hunter's just kind of there. He has no personality. So what's your other notes? Um, we, we, we did, it's, you know, when they're explaining who the bad batch are, uh, you know, and this is, I mean, this is maybe because you and I always have these conversations, it's going back to our old Clone Wars conversation is my mind always goes to the dark implications of the bad batch, you know, here's the bad batch. These are, and they, they were something like, you know, they had mutations or, you know, something different in the cloning process that was, he, what did he say? It was like found to be, you know, advantageous or something, which really also translates into these are the clones that we didn't destroy because they were useful, <laughs> you know, on in, at, at the home base. And, uh, so that's how it always, you know, they oh, and and it was just one little deftly written line of dialogue, and it didn't really say that, but it implied it enough to just yeah. like add that to it. And I always, I always appreciate that. That's pretty much all I really got for part one. Um, so um, most of the rest of my notes are kind of shallow. I like seeing Ford and Axis again because. The last time we saw it was in Rebels. And I I was kind of like mentally comparing it to the two Rebels episodes. So like the platform that Anakin and Windu are standing on top of, that's the platform that the Grand Inquisitor is on top of while he's fighting the giant Fearnock. Like that's the same platform. Um, Like, and I was imagining like where all the boxes were and where all the Fearnocks were hiding and stuff. Um, The only thing I kind of, and I still sort of wish this, but there wouldn't have been a lot of time. I kind of wish we knew what happened to making an asteroid field because in Rebels, the entire planet has been destroyed. It's The Force is actually on a planetoid because the rest of the planet is destroyed. And there's asteroids everywhere. And I thought that would have been like a cool, like, here's the explanation of what happened to a Nexus. Right. But it's also like not a big deal. Minor tiny gripe. I think it would have been cool for them to see like proto-Death Star that the Geonosians have whipped out of nowhere. And everyone's like, oh, God. But then that that would have been like too much. I don't know. But I, I like seeing. I like mentally comparing. Like this is where Hera and Sabine landed, and that's where the Fearnox were, and the Grand Inquisitor was up there where Anakin was at one point, and I like that. Well, um, and the, hmm? Nexus, and they never say the name of it in Episode Three, 
but I'm pretty sure you see a nexus in the whole sequence where all where the Order 66 sequence where all the the clones turn on the Jedi, and uh, if it's not a nexus, it's a it's a very similar you know sort of terrain is it the one and, where they kill isla sakura right with the plants with all the plants and oh, stuff i think that's, i think that's volusia well either way visually it's very much like an axis yeah. so that sort of seeing an axis sort of puts that i think in the back of your head too of like we're getting really close to order 66 you know yeah um this is the minorest of like notes mostly for me and no one else um i love the planet of anaxis in the area around fort anaxis um like with the high cliffs and the red trees and stuff like that it reminds me so much of the akala citadel ruins in legend of zelda breath of the wild like every time i the first thing i thought i was like are they in akala because they look like they're in the Akala region of Zelda. And I was like, oh, man. So next time you go to Terrytown in Breath of the Wild and it's about sunset, turn around and look at the Citadel because it looks like a Nexus. Oh, my God. That's a very shallow note, but that's for me. Um, Cody and Rex talking about Survivor's Guild and knowing that Rex carries those same feelings into Star Wars Rebels. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will always cry about Rex having survivor's guilt and then seeing it again in Rebels, and it hurts my feelings. I also wrote, I will always forever cry over Fives, the greatest hero of Clone Wars. More on that in Siege of Mandalore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and my only other note was, I really love seeing Rex and Cody mimicking their Jedi, because Rex, Rex is in his bunker having this like super emotional moment with this picture of his dead brothers, and he's hoping beyond hope that Echo is alive. And Cody comes in there going, I'm going to need you to get your emotions together because we need to focus and do a mission. We don't have time for this. And I was like, "These are, that's Anakin and Obi-Wan right there. <laughs> yep. They are mimicking their Jedi so Yes, much. they are. And this is funny <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. He was like, I understand that you're feeling things, and I know you want to hope for this to be differently, but we have work to do. <laughs> Swallow those feelings, honey. We gotta go meet the Bad Batch. And Rex is like, soldiers, okay. You know? He's like, okay, I guess I'll leave. And it's, it's kind of telling of, like, no wonder Anakin fell, because the system is not letting him and Rex, like, you know, have feelings. Well, yeah, and they're all constrained, you know, the Jedi are constrained by their methods and the clones are just constrained by everything. Like they're like they have genetic programming. Are you saying they're slaves? Because yeah. they are. <laughs> Everybody, they're all slaves in their own way. But they are. They're all. They're all. Like... They're all constrained from doing any of the things that'll get them out of the 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 death trap they're all headed towards. You know. Yeah. At least yeah. for this order of of operation. <laughs> but that's all I have for Act One. Did you have anything else? I do not. Act Two. Act Two. Yeah, I'm ready for Act Two. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Act. Too. So our heroes are flying out over an axis, and everyone is giving each other the stink eye. And Jesse just so happens to catch Crosshair's glance, 
And Jesse is like, I'm going to fight you. And Crosshair is like, bring it on. But Cody, being the only adult in the room, is like, oh my god, you guys. We are on the same team. Don't make me turn this spaceship around. He briefs all of them that they're going to sneak into this like big satellite thing. And Wrecker is like, I'm going to wreck it. And Cody reminds them that they're not inside Wreck-It Ralph. Though, that is an excellent movie. It's a retrieval of information mission. During all this, our lovable battle droids are just hanging out in the woods. They're having a good day. But they see the clone ship and they're just like, Hey, look! A ship! Maybe they're friendly! Blast it! I've been waiting so long to do a Battle Droids voice again. I missed it. So they shoot down the clone ship. And the whole time that they're crashing to the ground, Wrecker is like, Yes! Yes! BT Doves, if they make anyone gay in the Bad Batch series, please make it Wrecker because he'd be the cutest bear. Oh my god, yes! They land in a field of glass and slide to a halt because apparently this entire planet is made of glass or something. Crawling out... They realize that Cody is trapped under the ship, and all of our 501st boys are like, Oh no, Cody! But no personality hunter is like, Don't worry, we got this. And by we, we mean Wrecker. Wrecker, being the big, lovable, dumb guy he is, lifts the ship off of Cody and rolls it over. And to be a little bit extra, he's like, Hey, Bad Batch Brothers, should I do an action movie thing? And all the Bad Batch are like, fuck yeah, do the movie thing! And then Tech whips out his cell phone, and they all pose and dab while Wrecker is walking away, and he goes, boom, and the ship explodes, and they're all dabbing, and Rex and his men are just really confused by all of this. Anyway, Cody is super hurt, but they can't worry about him right now because there's a shit ton of battle droids heading their way. Rex starts to give some orders, but no personality hunter is like, Hold on there, friend. We're gonna do things our way. Bad Batch, move on out. And under his breath, Rex is like, But I outrank you, you bastard. So the Bad Batch get together, take some extra super selfies, and then systematically and effectively destroy all the battle droids in less than two minutes. I clocked it. And Rex is like, huh, okie dokie then. And do you know who else was like, okie dokie? Actual Spider-Man, Admiral Trench, who is like, the fuck happened to my droids? This isn't like the clones. These are weird clones. Grr, spider noises. Go out there and find those clones. And all the droids are like, roger, roger. Meanwhile, our clones are camping because Cody is, again, super hurt. Tech, Tech explains that Hunter has super heightened senses to make up for his lack of personality. And these super heightened senses make him, wait for it, a hunter. And Jesse is like, wow, that's so original. Rex decides that they need to keep moving. They have to evacuate Cody on, on the way, and Kix will stay behind with them. 
and Kix is like, Wow, guys, this is my last appearance in the series. I sure hope I don't get kidnapped by Count Dooku sometime in the next few weeks. That would be awful. Well, the Bad Batch doesn't want to listen to Rex's plan because he's a reg. And Jesse is like, how dare you call Rex a reg? Rex is the main character of the show. You do not speak to him that way. So then all the boys start roughhousing and they're ready to fight each other. And Hunter comes over and he's like, Wrecker! Put Jesse down now, because he's beautiful. We have, we are all on the same side. Cut the shit, guys. We're going to listen to Rex. So Wrecker tosses Jesse on the ground, and they all get their stuff, and they move out. And Kix waves goodbye to them and to the Clone Wars, and he goes, Bye, guys. See you in the sequel trilogy. Bye. But we don't see you in Star Wars Rebels, which is bullshit. What do you think of that too? I liked it. Um, <coughs> this is a um, very <laughs> shallow one for me because this is just great action. There's, I you know. know, there's, 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 you know, the, I mean, the beats of it are pretty standard action movie beats, but it's just gorgeous. I love Spider Guy is so creepy as a. After you've always everything. loved Spider Guy, though. Yeah. Like all the throughout the entire series, you've always just like it's the Spider Guy. Hope. <laughs> my my one question is it Jesse who has the 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 face painting that looks like the Japanese Rising Sun? No, uh, it's yeah, it is Jesse. That's actually the symbol of the Republic, or one of the symbols of the Republic of the yeah, Republic but, Army, and it's tattooed yeah. on his face. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it looks like the Japanese Rising Sun, though, and. <laughs> And this, I know. It's, it's kind of weird, but um, everything else I got is just sort of on the uh, the visual and sensual aspects of this, like the sound of the ship crashing into the crystal and the glass. Yeah. I mean, you really get a feel for like the texture of the ground and stuff like that. It's just really gorgeous. There's a I I forgot. It might be in Act 3, but it might be in this Act 2. At some point, like, a blaster bolt hits, like, the glass or something, and you see, like, the shards, like, as dust floating around them. Yeah. And it's just really pretty. Yeah, it's just... It's every little detail is just beautiful. It's very Star Wars, you know. They don't don't, um, skimp out on the... you know, those ex- extra little beautiful details. And this, and my only other note is a note on one of my favorite things about Clone Wars that didn't really happen in Rebels. But I love that it returns as a theme, and that is color coding, color themes for whole episodes. And, you know, that, and, and I mean, this, this whole battle in the planet, it's just sort of like got this twilight dusk look to it. It's beautiful mm-hmm. and ominous at the same time. And when you're outside in this episode, everything's red. It's just like red everywhere. Lots of, lots of, you know, red, but it's like a deep sunset red sort of feel to it but when that's every... my favorite time of day actually is twilight yeah, the sky is all pink like that's my favorite time of day <laughs> and it's it seems to be almost constantly like that here in this episode and it's just really creepy and but whenever they're inside like blue gr- blue and green and like blue like aquamarine colors are in all the inside scenes and it's just in, really cool 
it's not quite a sickly green, but it's close. It's enough. kind of a sickly green, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just short of being like putrid green. It's just yeah, like that the, little like, bit of green. Everything is uh, like everything is beautiful, but kind of sour at the same time, and it's it's awesome. You know, it's just the mood that sort of goes over this whole this whole season. It's you know, going green. Yes. <laughs> it's actually funny. Um, our buddy Candace, who was on one of our, uh, who she was on our Jedi Knight episode of Rebels. Um, she has is doing the spinoff series called Straight Out of Home Video, where they're going through all the Straight to Home Video Disney movies, and they brought this up. Um, I think it was in Simba's Pride, but it might be in another one. Um, but they were talking about like, oh no, 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 this was actually for their straight geeky waffle. Sorry, she's part of the geeky waffle, but this is their side thing. They were talking about Disney villains on the geeky waffle, and they were like, all these Disney villains are color coded this like lime green color. Um, and that's how you know that they're evil is like, this is kind of like a theme among Disney villains is they have this kind of green color. And now as we're entering back into the separatists, like all the separatists inside have these like kind of Disney villain green color going with all them. All the so, lights and yeah, cause yeah. all the lights and monitors are that color. And, it makes uh, me wonder if they would have went with that color if it wasn't under the Disney umbrella. I, it, I think so. It doesn't seem Disney to me. It seemed very close. Like the look of this, the, the, the look of Clone Wars has not taken up. Like there was a Disney sheen to Rebels. You know, there were s- certain parts of there Rebels was. that very <laughs> was very Disney. And this just feels like a continuation of Clone Wars. And and that blue green was a color scheme in other episodes. It would be someday I should just go through all of them and like stake out the color schemes and see if there's some thematic, you know, coding to it. Mm-hmm. But that's all I got on part two. Um, my first note is I love how extra the Bad Batch are. Like, at first I thought it was silly with Rucker's whole, like, boom, and then it happened. But now I love it. Like, they're they're so extra. Like, I feel like these would be, like, if they were in another lifetime, they would be do- the jackass guys doing stupid YouTube videos. Yep. and just. That's why I had the whole, like, they're dabbing and stuff, because I just feel like they're super extra. Yeah. Um, and, and even, in, like, even Crosshairs, like, he's so dramatic, even though he doesn't talk. He's just like, well, we better figure out something fast, because <gasps> there's a whole lot of droids coming. Like, they're so extra, <laughs> and I love them about that. Um, probably my only gripe of the episode, because they don't really come back to this in the later episodes... I wish they somehow did more about this whole, like, Bad Batch versus Reg storyline. I feel like there's, like, a deeper, almost, like, real-world example. And I, I couldn't quite put my finger on, like, what the real-world example was. Because they're, they're all the same race, because they're all clones. Um, and, and the closest and I could think of was almost colorism. Where, and, and I'm not saying that this is colorism, but, like, that, like, where... You can have, say, like, a race, but depending on what shade your color... How like, dark your, you are, yeah. Yeah, it depends your social standing. And I, that's just, like, an example. I'm not saying that this is. But I, I do wish they kind of did a little bit more with that. And I, I think I'm definitely a little bit spoiled by Resistance. Because well, Resistance is such a progressive show. Right, with a lot a, of very totally... progressive themes in it. Yeah. Um, so coming back to Clone Wars, um, I... 
I would almost expect that of them, but it feels like they kind of touched on, like, this got brushed under the rug so fast. Like, you know, Rex led a single mission, and he gained all their trust, and now this is not a problem anymore. But right. it's such a prominent theme that gets dropped in this episode that they don't well, really come back to. Since, like, the Bad Batches seems to be sort of it <laughs> for that, like, it doesn't seem like a thing. Like, there's, you know, whole platoons of regs and irregulars for lack of a better term so i come back to someone like like spoiler for future episodes then we get echo and the reason you know echo used to be a reg but he eventually goes to the bad batch and they could have i feel like they could have done like a really like beautiful story of making echo that like borderline between regs and the bad batch but they're all still the same but they're all also now different like it feels like there's I think a it's a piece missing there that could have made this a really much deeper story. I I think yeah, I think in this situation well they just sort of did it with shorthand but like I think that the the you know they could have gone through the the you know the regs and the irregs and all that but I think in this case it was more like that was that, that was just showing that the bad batch have made themselves you know they're acting like an elite insulated unit, you know. Yeah. So so they're they're their own little in group and they belong to the clones, but not really. So the, you know, regular everybody's basically everybody's an outsider to the Bad Batch except for the Bad Batch. So it's, you know, there's sort and of honestly, like an even on more. That note too, the people who have problems with the Bad Batch are the 501st because Cody is fine with them and they clearly respect Cody, too. Like the reason they didn't want to move on was because Rex was not giving orders, not Cody. Cause Crosshairs right. was like, you're not Cody. Why should we listen to you? So like, it feels like there's almost something like with the 501st that that's where the problem lies. Or um, maybe, or maybe Cody is just, Cody is kind of a more of like a straight by the books clone. And, and he's going on. Hey, these guys have a hundred, hundred percent success rate. So you know, it makes sense to grab grab them. You know, and even though they're not, history. even though they're against the books, he sees he sees a hundred percent success rate, and he's just like, I gotta send, gotta send the elite team. Yeah, but I mean, it's clear that the Bad Batch and Cody have a history too, because yeah. he, Cody is the one that's informing them, the five hundred first, about these are the Bad Batch. They have done this, and and they clearly know Cody because they're just like, hey, Cody, it's good to see you again. He's like, hey guys, it's good. Well, I mean, they illustrate that it doesn't take long for the Bad Batch to uh, prove themselves to people. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Two minutes. And, and and as a matter <laughs> of fact, you know, they're they're proving it to the viewer too. You know, because yeah. when I was watching them use, you, you know, just using chunks of of metal debris to like push their way forward like roman soldiers with their shields it was just like yeah this is pretty cool <laughs> yeah and these guys and these guys have been t- and and maybe that's why i didn't like them the first time because it's like talk 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 but then they back it up with action so yeah um my next note is i just missed the battle droids like we yeah. got we got them in an episode of Rebels, and there's one whole battle droid in Resistance. But, you know, like, having them all together and, like, being like, I attack! Just Wait, there. Ah, yeah, no! just there being buffoons all the time is great. Yeah. I miss them so much. Um, I'm with you. I like the whole fight where they actually prove their worth, and I did clock it. It's less than two minutes. Um, 
it's very quick, but I love the, the little fear knocks when, in the background of the woods, like when they're camping, because you can kind of see their shape, but you definitely see their eyes, and I'm just like, that's a fear knock, and they just kind of slink around, but we know from Rebels that fear knocks don't like light, so they're staying like on the edges because they're not going to come into the light of the campsite. Um, with the fires, so I just I liked seeing the little fear knocks like moving through the backgrounds of the woods. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, my only other note was the note I said about Hunter's personality in Act One. So I am done. You ready to go on to Act Three? Yeah, let's uh, let's finish off this first episode. New season of Clone Wars. <laughs> so, all right, <clears throat> Act Three. Our heroes come up on an outpost because they're a bit strapped for time. Rex says they're going to do things the Bad Batch way, and they take the base. And the Bad Batch are like, huh, maybe this Rex guy isn't half bad after all. And together, they take the outpost in like 90 seconds. The only bad thing that happens is Wrecker doesn't get enough droids to smash. Wrecker's sad. I also definitely just wrote Wrecker doesn't get to smash enough clones. (laughs) I was waiting to see if you were going to say that. I'm like, wait, Wrecker no smash clones. Wrecker no smash clones. Clones brothers. <laughs> but they get all, but they all sort of bond in like 90 seconds. So after that 90 seconds, there's no more regs versus bad batch bullshit. So respect is getting passed around everywhere. Tech realizes that there's a huge squad of droids coming their way, so they have to move really fast to get in the cyber center thingy. They they steal some speeder bikes and sneak around to the other side, and they all spread out. The droids have reached the outpost, and they call up Admiral Trench, and Trench is like, More spider noises! There's no reason for them to take and leave an outpost like this. These cute clones gotta be heading for the cyber system. (gasps) What if they figured out my algorithm? Call the cyber center and warn them! So about the time that they're calling the cyber center and warning the droids, our heroes get to the big satellite dish and they get it surrounded and it's time to start the war with clones versus droids. A droids war, if you will. Stupid joke is stupid. Rex and Jesse move in first to pull the droids away from the back door. Hunter and his team move in through the back. The Bad Batch quickly get inside the cyber center. Hunter and Wrecker leave Tech, who starts hacking into the computers. They have some rigs, who now are their friends to save. And they save Jesse and Rex. But oh no, more droids are coming. And the rest of the squad hold their ground while Rex hurries in to join Tech, who has hacked into the computer system. And Rex tells him to look for a very specific sequence. Tex finds it. And they realize that it's a live signal from another planet. Which is weird because, you know, droids aren't alive or whatever. They patch into the signal and they listen. Realizing that the signal sounds almost human. Rex tells Tech to ask the signal what their name is. And it responds with the clone trooper number of 1409. And Rex gets a face that says, Fuck you, Cody. I fucking knew it. But he grabs Tech and he shakes him going, I knew it, Tech! I knew it! And Tech is like, I need more data because I'm really confused why you're shaking me, sir. Well, outside during all of this, the droid has sent in a ton of reinforcements and our the rest of our heroes are getting overwhelmed. 
Hunter, Wrecker, and Jesse retreat inside to grab Tech and Rex. And Rex looks sad. And they have to retreat and fight their way out the back door. Crosshairs is waiting for them, having stolen a speeder. They all hop on and fly out of there to safety. The droids are all like, well, fuck. And they call up Admiral Trench and tell him what happened. And Trench is not happy that the clones might have connected with the algorithm. Our heroes drive back to safety. Tech asks Rex. Ask Rex is really hard to say. Tech asks Rex what the numbers they heard meant and why it made Rex look all shooken. And Rex says that that was Echo's number. Turns out, the last member of the Domino Squad did not fall with Five's demise. There's still one Domino left alive. Bum bum bum. The end. Domino theory. Dominoes. What did you think of F3? The Cyber Center sounds like a fun arcade or like where you I... go to play. It's where all the battle droids go to play. They're like, yay, ball pit. It's like the Chuck E. Cheese for for battle droids. It just sounds so fun. <laughs> I won three tickets with 27,000 tokens. Um, I like, I like... We've already discussed, like, the way they're doing the story now, but, like, I, I just thought in Act 3, I was like, you know, I like that we're just having, that that we're kind of Jedi-free on this mission. Yeah. The Jedi are off having their own problems, and now the clones are on their own. But the clones do damn well on their own, so it's it's really cool to see. A lot of knife killing. <laughs> yeah, that's Hunter. That's his thing. He has a headband and a knife because he's the Hunter gets personal there and uh my only other shallow note is uh ct4 1409 just gave me a thx 1138 vibe Ah! (laughs) not not maybe not but it did um my only other note for this is this this is just a there's there's a nice little undertone of the downfall of the Jedi in this with, you know, I mean, this is sort of the story of spider guy using algorithms and stuff, but the Jedi are using their own, uh, you know, the Jedi through the clone army and just generally how they're fighting this. We find out there, you know, it's algorithm versus algorithm and, and stuff like just very non Jedi sort of stuff, you know? Yeah. Just their 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 warfare has now become formalized and mechanical, and you know they're using they're using you know computer programs to figure it out. It's very non very not Jedi like, and it's just a good illustration of you know the sort of thing that led to the downfall of the Jedi, which we talked about. <laughs> To all the time in Clone Wars, so yeah, I we, I, we I like that. that just... When we did, um, I think our Rogue One commentary that mm-hmm. someone like Qui Gon is using science to determine who's a Jedi and who's not a Jedi, and that's probably why someone like Turret Emily was looked over because he didn't have the right amount of midichlorians in him. But we right. know Turret is one of the most like in touch people with the Force ever. Yep, just not in the way. He's more. He's sort of like a bad batch Jedi <laughs> in yeah. a way, sort of. What? But yeah. <laughs> that's all. I, that's all I really had for part three. Wait, how is he a bad batch Jedi? Huh? I don't know what you mean by it. like. Sure, it's a bad batch Jedi. 
Well, he's just sort of he's he 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 wouldn't have made it into the Jedi Order because he didn't oh. fit in and and stuff, you know. But oh, at the same point, he's enough. he probably would have been a very useful Jedi, but he just would have had a very specific power rather than like, you know. I doing see. 50 foot parkours and stuff he could have just been very in tune with the force and said hey let's go over here now you know or something you know yeah i mean oh i see what you're saying he obviously like, ha- when you're tapped into the force it has some use in the wider scale of things so yeah that's okay i see what you're saying now uh uh, for me, um, I like that. I like this as a Rex episode. Um, it shows why he's such a good leader. Um, yeah, like in the beginning, he's a little bit nervous about these guys, but once they prove themselves in Act Two, Rex is quickly able to adapt to the Bad Batch's tactics. And so when and he makes an entire plan around their tactics after knowing them for like what two hours, and it's why he earns so many people's respect that he can get presented with this like outside force see their work and go, okay, I know how to use you, and they take the base. And which is just shows why Rex is such a good leader. Yeah, he lets he lets them do their thing and you and know he, and, and use it uses it, their thing and he takes yeah, he he does he's not fighting it. Yeah. Something yeah, right. he probably learned from Jedi. <laughs> yeah, and, and we Anakin. see Jesse we do see Jesse too. Like there's a point where Jesse, Hunter, and Wrecker are the ones fighting outside and like in Act Two Wrecker was choking the fuck out of Jesse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They all put their bullshit aside. So, um, it's such. I don't think they've ever done this before in Clone Wars, but they do this in the Bad Batch arc because I I know they do it in this episode, and I I know they do it in another episode, but I don't know if they I don't remember if they do it in all four episodes. But when they're taking the outpost, there's no music in the fight. It's just blaster sounds, and it's. It's both weird for Clone Wars, but it's also really impactful to not have like that like heroic underscore of music of like da 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 and like we're taking the biz. But yeah, it's just, no, it's more it's like silent. Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> yeah, and it's it makes it really intense. I remember watching yeah. that scene for the first time, and I kind of like leaned in. I was like, "Is there really?" I, I actually thought there was something wrong with my headphones for a half a second because I was like, "There's no music," but I still hear everything else. And I was like, "Whoa, this is what they're doing!" Whoa, and I kind of wish they would do that more in Star Wars to kind of because the lack of like heroic music made it a lot more war. Than, yeah, but yeah. I, I think it's good for them to save them up. And, you know, when use it, yeah. to, so then it's like really impactful when they do it. So, you know, yeah, I'm not saying like do it all the time, but can you imagine like, like a lightsaber battle of just silence, except for the sounds of the lightsabers? Oh, I just got chills. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I like that scene. Um, this is kind of a minor note. Um, it's more of a note of all other media. So when you're looking at something like the Bad Batch, usually if you have like a geeky tech guy, they're usually on the sidelines or left behind to kind of like watch over from afar and give directions from afar whenever you have like a geek in the team. I like that tech fights too. Like he can hold his own in a battle just like the rest of them and still do his tech thing. I think that's a very interesting take on like the geek character when you're in a group like this. Because I, I was trying to think of, um, I still couldn't. They think still of it. make him look like an egghead, though. That's what I hate. I don't mind that. Like, I don't, I don't mind that at all. 
Um, but I, I like that he fights. Like he's like shooting down droids, and he turns and he like taps into the thing, and he's in, and he continues to fight with Hunter. Like I like that take of the geek character also being able to fight. Yeah. I have this in big le- letters. Rex's face when he realizes it's Echo. Can we talk about this animation and how they could not have done that in earlier seasons? Oh yeah. I think oh. Rex, like at first when he's like, they're almost, it almost sounds like a human voice. I'm thinking to myself, nah, it doesn't really. But then when his voice comes through, yeah, you can see, yeah, that's, that, that's something we've gotten used to a little more in Rebels. And it's just weird. It's not weird seeing it in Clone Wars. It actually works really well. Yeah. But it, it frees them from using dialogue or exaggerated stuff to do it. They can do subtle facial expressions now and it's great he, he looks so pained mm-hmm. and like the scene when like hunter's like rex we gotta go and rex puts his helmet back on if you look at his face as the helmet's going on he looks like he's about to cry yeah it, <laughs> like, it puts him it in like a bunch of bad that... positions you know yeah wait, wait, wait i'm sorry what'd you say it just puts him in all these bad uncomfortable horrible positions of like knowing that his friend's has been still alive and and at the same time now like it's somebody they got to take out but he wants to like yeah there's just so many things of him thinking about it you know and also like like, of course (laughs) of, of course we know like what the future episodes hold but like if we were looking at this episode not knowing the future Look at the Jedi. Would the Jedi give him the leeway to go rescue him? That's what They've I'm saying. So he's might have it, to butt yeah. head. He's getting to the point of where, and Rex has been on the edge of it, to where it's like, you know, am I going to have to, like, go against the Jedi to save my friend? Is is he yeah. my friend anymore? There's just so many things that, going through his brain. That, to me, was... Um, Rex at the end of the um, Umbara arc when, you know, they just had to face Pong Krell, who was a Jedi who went on to massacre Mm -hmm. clones, you know, like that was, I I felt like that was the same energy that Rex had the end at that of like questioning all this, like, you know, um, again, like we know what happens in the next episodes. We know that they, Echo's okay and they save him, but like, that's such a character moment. Like you can see the wheels turning of, you know, I probably can trust Anakin, but who else can I trust with this? Yeah. Like there's so much and there's nothing good about this, it. <laughs> they, they've proven up to this point. There's a reason that the three main characters of clone wars have got to this point of not really fully trusting the Jedi anymore because Ahsoka's left. Anakin clearly doesn't trust the Jedi. And like Rex has gotten to this point that he fights with them. He loves them. He wants to support them and stuff like that. But he knows when it comes to personal matters like Echo, they're not going to support him on this, which is why Anakin in the next episode is like, bye, Obi-Wan, we're running away from you. And Obi-Wan's like, Anakin, be safe, even though I'm going to get yelled at for you. (laughs) Like, there's a reason that they don't trust this the, the order anymore so um this is my own note um i like the one nice thing about one of many nice things about this being on disney plus but something nice about this being on disney plus is they don't have to follow the really strict 22 minute yeah. format of being on cable television um 
if, if once you take away the end credits, uh, this episode ran at 24 minutes. Other episodes run a little bit longer, like later on the season. And it's so nice because they don't have to worry about those constraints of like, I mean, that was a regular complaint of us of Clone Wars where they wrap up entire story arcs in like the last 30 seconds. Yep. And it's it's just like, oh, that's the story. Let's move on to the next. So it's nice that they have like these longer times to like really delve into these kind of emotional beats. Yeah, they they, they were like you, you you wouldn't have to like take out, you know, 30 seconds that would have been cool but were absolutely not, you know, were absolutely necessary. So yeah, it just adds yeah. a little I bit mean, of I can. They probably would have clipped up some of the battles, made the battles a little bit shorter. Yep. Um, they would probably take away something like Rex putting on his helmet and having that emotional moment of having to hide his face. Or a like, few, of the, or even a few of the shots of the the battle droids and stuff. You know, we yeah. you know we got a good amount of battle droids getting their heads taken off and snipered and stuff. So yeah. Um. So my next point. Um. Uh, this is more of a general question for us. So you and I are, of course, watching this with nostalgia goggles. We watched the original run of Clone Wars. Um, we, we, you know, we were waiting for this and stuff like that. But how do you, if, if somebody was just like coming to Clone Wars fresh and watching it from the beginning and they get to season six and then they switch over to season seven, and it's completely new art style and everything's like crazy and stuff like that. Do you think how, how do you think that would impact somebody watching the show for the first time? Well, or do you think it would even matter? Would just you mean on. if they've if if they hadn't seen the other six seasons and they just right. came, they came into season seven? One. I think yeah. it would play just fine. I mean, it 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 plays like an introductory. It, it it could play as an introductory episode if you take it just at the surface stuff. It's a, it's a nice little wartime battle story, you know, of two two groups of of military people getting used to each other and fighting a battle. So you could figure out what was going on. And if you didn't know what the stuff was with Anakin and Windu, it's done at the, you know, it's a pretty simple story to follow. It oh, just doesn't have, like, it wouldn't have the at... emotional impact that it has with us, that we know what's going on. Chris, Chris, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like someone sits down episode one of Clone Wars and get to this point. Do you think it would be a weird change to suddenly have a completely new, fresh, updated art style no. going season six to season seven? No. Okay. I just think most people, like if they were in some sort of cultural vacuum, maybe, but like most people would, like actually, though, in Clone Wars and in, in Rebels, there were, you know, there were often um um from one season to another big leaps in the animation you know and the quality and the sophistication of the animation as people got better so having the animation get better from season six to season seven isn't out of character for the season or for the show as a whole you know yeah that's kind of how i was feeling too but i was i was like it's such a big change from season six to season seven i was wondering if that would possibly throw somebody off, not not knowing, like if we were watching like this, like ten years from now, not knowing that you know this came back and saved, and they were just starting from the beginning, and they magically no. get to season seven, and it's like, wow, when do you have eyelashes? <laughs> they don't show, they don't showboat it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They 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 use it, they use it because they have it, but they still, you know, they're very aware of their their aesthetic for the show, and they keep that aesthetic, and they keep the rhythms 
of a Clone Wars episode, you know? I mean... They don't showboat it till Siege of Mandalore, and then it's like, here's your feature. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's I don't even call that showboating because it's not as they are showing off. Yeah, but they have that was, their. That was half of a joke. That was a little. Yeah, bit of it's a joke yeah, it, yeah, but yeah, you're right. That's <laughs> when they're point. just like, that was fun. Here's your end of the series movie. Have yeah. fun. Have some feelings. <laughs> Um, the only other note, this is more just like a side note. Um, so, of course, there are original Bad Batch reels. And like I said, that the the story is di- a little bit different between the reels and the final product that we've been talking about. Um, I haven't watched them. I know, Chris, you haven't watched them, have you? No. All right. Um, I, I didn't think so. So if, if you want to hear about the differences between the, the story reels and the final product, um, I highly suggest Star Wars Explained. Uh, when they were doing episodes reviews for each episode, they talked about the differences between the story reels and the final product, and they discussed that. Uh, it's just something that we're not, we didn't do um, because neither of us has seen it. So if you do want to see those differences and hear someone talk about it, I highly recommend Star Wars Explained. They did really, really great back uh, breakdowns, especially next episode, because the Padme scene next episode is completely new and was not in the original story reel. So they talked about those changes as well. So go check out Star Wars Explains for that. But that's all I have for the Bad Batch. Did you have anything else? I have nothing else. All right. So score it up, Chris. All right. So I am not sure. We'll see about the Ahsoka arc. But I, I, I kind of think this is my least favorite show of the season. And uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're setting. So I think I'm kind of setting my low bar for score. So I gave it an eight point five out of ten. Yeah. I mean, th- I, 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 I'm spoiler. This season is magnificent in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really psyched. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Chris was saying before we started recording, like this was kind of like season four of Rebels, where it's just solid the whole way through. Um, I disagree. I think this is much better than season four of Rebels, because season four is my least favorite season of Rebels. <laughs> so, um, for me, and yeah, I think the, the Ahsoka arc is going to be really interesting to recall, because... I do like the Ahsoka arc, and I like what they do with the Ahsoka arc, and it's very rebel storytelling. My issue is just some of their characters. You got some quibbles with it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's story choices. Like, really, it's mm-hmm. just the end of episode three. The end of episode three is where they flub the Ahsoka arc for me. Um, but we'll get there. For me, though, when it comes to Bad Batch, this is such a great return to form of Clone Wars. It felt like coming home. It picked up where it left off. It was familiar while doing new stuff. It was so great. Um, I love the Bad Batch. I think this is a perfect introduction for them. You Visually, you see them. You know who they are. If they open their mouth, then you know who those are. It's great storytelling. Introduces them. Story moves. And Rex is really good in this role. It really shows how far he's come and what makes him such a good character and such an emotional character. And it's so good to be back with the Clone Wars. So I gave it an 8 out of 10. I, I wanted to give myself wiggle room yeah. because I know Siege of Mandalore is going to be like 10, 10 to 10 to 10. <laughs> I like that they didn't try at all to make it a, like, quote unquote, very special episode of Clone Wars or like a huge, like, we're back. They just said that we're going to make a episode of Clone Wars and it's an episode of Clone Wars. It's like... You know, just as if they were churning along 
after season six, and well, that's that, artistically, I love when people do that when they don't get to. I mean, they're self-aware that 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 this season wasn't supposed to happen, and now it's happening, and they're winding everything up with it and stuff like that. But, but they kind of did that anyway because this was supposed to be the yeah. end of season six. This yeah. was all supposed to be. It was in supposed to be six. just another episode of of Clone Wars. Yeah. And I like, but they could have doctored it up into something. You know, they oh. could have really leaned into the we're back, and have, you know have this, Baby and, Yoda and, and come been out. like a little more self aware of like bringing th- showing things that we've seen before and stuff. But they just let it go. It just went like you know that artistically. I love when people do that. You know. And it goes back to that whole thing of like if somebody did start at episode one and was watching it all the way through, it would be weird if there was like fan like if Baby Yoda came out with like confetti like with Tinkerbell wings going, We're back You know, yeah, yeah, metaphorically they could have done that. They could have like really played up like all the familiar aspects of it and really like taken a victory lap, but they just they they do what 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 I love about the the Filoni team is they they do it justice in the universe. They're, they're not. They're not here to be like, look at us. We're awesome. They they're here to serve the Star Wars storyline and do it upright. And they and they just they just always do it. No. I love them. Well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. This week, our feedback comes from the Two True Freaks Facebook page for our Star Wars Rebel episode, Rebel Assault. Take it away, Chris. And I do want to say something after you finish this first one. Okay. So the first one comes from Diego Lemos, and he says, I always saw the wolves as more animalistic versions of the Bendu. Yeah. Not in the uh, side of the Rebellion or the Empire, only the side of Lothal, the planet those these factions are battling on i also remember that one of the characters in the poster for the high republic jedi is a loth wolf that looks suspiciously familiar maybe we are dealing with a force ghost so it's interesting because um the thing about the loth wolves is they say specifically in the show the loth wolves haven't been seen in over a hundred years and we know that the high republic takes place three to four hundred years um before the start of the phantom menace um, so I think that's a very interesting time period that that Lothwolf very well could be the same Lothwolf and Rebels, or we might see like when the Lothwolves were still fully empowered because it takes place so much earlier than the timeline we know. So I'm actually really interested to see how the what what that Lothwolf and the High Republic stuff is doing. Like, is it the same Lothwolf? Which I'd be, I think that would be cool, or is it just the Loth Wolves in general are just running amok on Lothal because they're all just like, yeah, planet. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's going to be really interesting to see what they do with the Loth Wolves in the High Republic because I'm very intrigued by that Loth Wolf too, Diego. I, I feel you. I, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on that Loth Wolf as well. Keeping an eye on you, Loth Wolf. <laughs> we see you. All right. That might all actually right. end up giving me the final piece that I was having problems with in Rebels is giving us that like a little piece of info that I want with the Loth Wolves. So I, I'm very intrigued by them. All right. Our second and final letter comes from, as you can hear my voice switching, it comes from Paul C. Kelly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Rockin' Rebels looked a lot less intimidating and scary than I imagined him looking in the 90s Thrawn trilogy. Timothy Zahn's description of his species, the Nugri, in that it made me picture something out of the movie Alien. I recall his description, gray, red-eyed with protruding jaws. I believe they tried to capture Leia in the middle of the night on Kashyyyk. They had an interesting story where they highly honored Darth Vader even after his death because Darth offered assistance on cultivating their planet in exchange for their service. Oh, Gardner Darth. Gardner That was Farmer a very Anakin. long sentence you just read in that voice. <laughs> Hi, I'm Farmer Anakin. Teaching the no-gree to, to plant maize, which is corn. Darth was also secretly poisoning their planet to keep the agreement going. Oh, oh never mind. <laughs> <laughs> they carry their honor over to Leia, calling her Lady Vader. I remember that. Leia then finds out about what really was going on behind the scenes with the poisoning, which finally turns them against the Empire. But most of that is legends now. Anyways, too bad Ruck was not more terrifying, but I guess Disney did not want to scare the little kitties. Oh, no. I will say... Yeah, in the comics adaptation of those, they look very alien-like. Yeah. Um, They're like alien, almost paradactyl faces with sort of thing going on. To to touch back on a a previous comment from Diego, Diego had asked me... um, my my thoughts on the Legends Thrawn stuff. Um, I will say, Diego, this storyline is the thing I love so far most. I love this storyline with the Nogri and with Leia. Like, like I really, really enjoy this part of the Thrawn story. So, just to touch back on that. Oh my god, candy! What we gonna eat? Um, there's this, like, a... a, a a uh, yellow and purple one. It's kind of golden purple. It says the Meji chocolate. Meji chocolate. It says the what on it? Uh, Meji the Meji the chocolate. It's gold and purple. I don't know. Ah yes, I found it. So if you're new with us and you're joining us for the first time with Clone Wars, Chris is a weirdo and he hates American Kit Kats. Like he hates them. He's weird. I don't understand. This um, is a mysterious one. So our friend Dario, who is Chris's co-podcaster with Eat It and Beat It podcast, you can also see that over on Two True Freaks, um, he's a flight attendant and he sends us candy from all over the world to review. And this is the Meji Bar, or it's either Meji, it's Meiji or Meji or something bar, which is from Japan. So Dario, we love you as always. Is this a depiction of a date, not a date or like a... Um, fig on it, maybe? Uh, to me, it looks like a Christmas ornament. <laughs> there's so little writing. There's just... There's just... There's just Meji the chocolate. <laughs> and then it says so, nothing. There's just symbols on it. It's uh, it's like tiny Kit Kats. It's just three little tiny dark mm-hmm. delicious wow, chocolate some, bars. That's some rich chocolate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought it might have some sort of fruit in it or something, but it seems like just straight-up delicious chocolate, dark chocolate. This is chocolate. weird, though, that it has, like, no writing on it on the Nothing. package. Oh, cool, though, that the bar, though, the bar has different, like, designs on it, though. You take out the whole chocolate bar? 
No, I didn't. Yeah, it oh, has it a, does. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's very intricate. It has different designs depending on what third of the chocolate bar you're eating. That's interesting. Very strange, yes. But it's very rich Good. chocolate. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Dario. We love you. Mm. Mm. I needed that. <laughs> I needed like some like a hit of chocolate. Yeah, me too. Oh man. Mm. Well, did you have anything else? I did not. Where can people find you, Chris? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That's our podcast page, our home base, where we post our myriad of different podcasts all the time, every day. Um, you can sign up for... Mm, mm, yum. I know, I'm scraping it. You can sign up for it. our RSS feed there. I'm scraping it out of my teeth. I'm just like, this chocolate's delicious. <laughs> Get off my molars. I'm going to have to brush my teeth after this. Yeah, but... Mm-mm-mm. And um, you can also sign up for us on iTunes. We are also on Twitter. And you can see Two True Freaks, all our episodes get posted on Twitter by Gene Gene the Mr. Machine. The Mr. What is the Mr. Machine? Any of you old people know what Mr. Machine is. Gene, I'm confused. What a Mr. Machine is? <laughs> it was a kid's toy. Just put in like Mr. Machine commercial into YouTube, and you'll 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 see oh. what Mr. Machine is. Okay. Um. But Gene also is the voice of J Guys and Jedi. So when you hear that in- introduction at the beginning of the show, that's that's the voice of Gene Gene. But that's it for me. What about you, Hope? Where can they find you? Wow. Okay. So the difference between... I originally wrote in Mr. Machines with an S, and it brought up MRI machines. Yeah. So do <laughs> not get the S, because I now am like, oh, I do know what a Mr. Machine is. But when you have an S on the end of that, it brings up MRI machines. <laughs> FYI, everybody. Um, you can find me at Jedi. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Mullinex on Twitter. Um, if you guys like the show, because we were just talking about us being on uh, Apple Podcast, uh, leave us a review. It actually helps people find the show. Um, shout out to Bucho, because we were trending on the New Zealand charts for a while there. And Bucho, I know that's you. <laughs> Our friend down it's in New It's gotta Zealand. be, right? Who else gonna be? I know. And also, you're gonna hear Bucho and his co-podcaster, Robbie, and hey, three episodes? What? It's actually a guest, a guest intro. I don't know. Anyway, check out Send in the Clones. That was their Clone Wars podcast, and we've been on that show too. Anyway, um, hey, speaking of the podcast, Chris and I also have another podcast. It's called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, where I force Chris to watch my favorite animated shows, and we're currently going through Gravity Falls. Um, we're having a fun time over there, and that is the animation podcast for my website, geekygirlexperience.com. You can read all of my writing over there. I do reviews and summaries and discussions, and I cover a bunch of topics. Um, I recently did a month-long series about Star Wars Resistance and just different topics. Like, I talked about Kaz's trauma in the aftermath of Hosnian Prime. I talked about how it's a really good show about showing friends without benefits because there's no romance in it, so it actually does a really good job of make of like destroying the nice guy trope with Kaz. I did another piece of 
what Resistance could have did with a season three. So I did a lot of Star Wars Resistance writing on there recently. So, yeah. Oh, come back next week for more Clone Wars. More for the Clone next, Wars. For the next 11 weeks. Mm. You know, I should check. We might be finishing up um, this right around Christmas. This Siege of Mandalore might be our Christmas special. <laughs> That's a great way to finish out the year. I gotta double check that, but I'm pretty sure. So come back next week for more Cloud Wars! Bye! Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True Freaks. Freaks.